Church. So good to be with you this morning. I am excited uh, to share with you this message. Uh, we're gonna be in Romans 12, Romans 12, verse two. Not the longest passage that we've ever taught on in this church, but, but God has something really important for us here this morning from this verse, I think. So Romans 12, two, let's look at it together now. It'll be on the screen, or you can actually physically open a Bible if you want. It should be one in uh, your pews there in the front. Uh, we'll be in Romans 12, two. It says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being present in this space now. God, thank you for your word that is truth. God, thank you for uh, the ability to hear from your word today, God. I pray that you would teach us from this passage, from your scripture. Uh, use me as a vessel, God. God, keep us open to learn this morning, Lord, and do not let us leave this place today the same people that we were when we came in. God, change us this morning. In Jesus' name. Well, when I was a kid, I loved Transformers, right? Transformers, and I'm not talking about like the, the new, like, like CGI, like super cool Transformers that most of you are probably familiar with. I'm talking about the OG 1984 Transformers cartoon show. Do we have a photo of this? I think, yes. Now that's, that's Transformers. I don't know what you guys know about, but this is Transformers. See, I loved it. Every Saturday morning, I'd wake up, I'd run to the TV, and I'd be waiting nine o'clock, ready to watch Transformers coming on. It was incredible, right? This story of these different vehicles, like a truck or a sports car or an airplane, they would, boom, transform into this magic, like, magically, like, world-saving robot. Like, it was awesome. The Autobots versus the Decepticons. <laughs> so so cool. I even had uh, one of the uh, original Optimus Prime uh, action figures. I think we have a photo of this. Oh, yeah. So cool. I would literally sit in front of the TV with this toy, watching the show, pulling on the wheel and like breaking open the windshield, trying to figure out how does this thing change from that to that? Like, how did it's awesome? I was fascinated that I could change from a truck, change this thing over to this robot hero. It was so, so cool. So, you know, to this day, like, I still remain fascinated that something can change from one thing to another thing, right? Completely change from one thing to something else. Like, our society also loves this idea. We're fascinated by this too, right? The hashtag Transformation Tuesday on Instagram has 16 and a half million posts. I heard that's a lot. <laughs> some, some of the best-selling books in our country are on a transformation or change or becoming a better you or, you know, this idea of improving or changing or becoming something or somebody different. 
we're all fascinated with this idea. In Romans 12, 2, we learn a very interesting truth about how transformation happens in our lives. Let's look again at our text, Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul is telling us a renewed mind, it's like the key that changes us from Optimus Prime, the semi-truck, to Optimus Prime, the warrior robot hero, right? It's the thing, it's essential for transformation. So I wanna dive into this idea of, of a renewed mind a little bit more this morning, right? I've got, I've got uh, three different aspects of this that we'll look at. First, we'll look at the purpose of a renewed mind, and then we'll look at the practice of renewing your mind, and then um, finally, the outcome of a renewed mind. So first, the, the purpose of a renewed mind. Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the purpose of a renewed mind is very clearly stated here. It's for transformation. It's for transformation in our life. The Greek word used here for transformed is the same word used to describe the transfiguration of Jesus in Matthew 17. We can look at that now. If you remember this story, it's, it says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured or transformed, same word, before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. See, see the idea here is, is to change appearance, to change into another form, to completely change into something other than what you previously were, right? Like Jesus, the disciples looked at him and they said, you are different, you're shining, like something is different about you. That's the idea here. Right? Have, you ever, have you ever run into somebody that, that you haven't seen for a while, uh, and you look at them and you're like, something looks different about you. You know, I almost didn't recognize you. There's been a change in some way. That's, that's kind of the idea, right? So the verb here, be transformed, is in, it's in the present passive imperative tense. Present passive imperative. English majors are like, geeking out right now. You're so excited about this. So the present passive imperative tense, what, is, what does that mean? Why is that important? Okay, so it, this implies that we are not the primary and sole doers of the transformation. That's passive. It's a passive verb. See, we are passive in the action of transformation. We are the receivers of transformation, we're the receivers of transformation, Paul says, through a renewed mind. So if, if renewal of the mind brings transformation, here, here's a key question. Who does this transformation? Paul only uses the, the, the form of the word renewal here that we find in 12.2 uh, of Romans one other time in his New Testament writings. We find it in Titus 3.5. 
Titus 3.5 says, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal, the same word, by the Holy Spirit. All right, so who does the transformation? If we're to be transformed, and it's a passive action for us, who does it? The Holy Spirit does the transformation. Remember, it's a present passive imperative. Imperative means it's a command, right? This is a command, be transformed. Paul says, be transformed. Not not transform yourself, but be transformed, remember, by the renewing of your mind, and it's the spirit that does that transformation. So, So as we look at this passage, essentially we could rewrite it as this, right? You could say, I command you to keep letting yourself be transformed by the Spirit. I command you to keep letting yourself be transformed by the Spirit. So why, why is this important to, to kind of really dial in on this at first? It, it, this is important because it's a command from Paul. And as we read Scripture, as, as we know about studying Scripture, if there is a command to us, This means it's something that's actually possible to do. See, it is actually possible for us to experience transformation by the power of the Spirit. And and this should be something that is ongoing, right? Keep letting yourself be transformed. That's the present tense uh, piece of why that verb uh, is in the present passive imperative. Present, It's, it's happening. consistently allowing ourselves to be transformed by the Spirit. This should be an ongoing endeavor in our lives of following Jesus. But how do we allow this to happen? Right, to be transformed. Okay, so how do I do that? How do I allow myself to be transformed? Romans 12.1, Paul says, to offer our bodies to God, to offer our bodies to God. Immediately after that in Romans 12 too, he said, so he's saying, offer your bodies to God as a spiritual sacrifice, right? Give yourself to God. And then what? Okay, be transformed by the Spirit. So, so the idea is once we give ourselves to God, once we commit to following Jesus, submitting ourselves to him, the Spirit gets right to work on us, to transform us. And where does the Spirit start? It says the Spirit starts renewing our mind. The Spirit starts getting to work on our mind. See, see, when God starts working in us, why does he start with our mind, right? It's it's so interesting to me. Why does he start with, maybe put another way, our, our thought life? Why start there? Why not start with our actions, right? Like, God, come on, get right to the point, right? Change my actions, change what I'm doing. That's not what he does. See, when we submit ourselves to God as an offering, when the Spirit gets to work on us to transform us, the Spirit is not concerned. God is not concerned with with temporary change, right? Stop that. That's not what God's after. God 
wants to change all of who we are. Right? God is in this for the long game. See, he gets to work on our mind. See, the Spirit does not immediately change us by stopping us from actively committing sin. God is in it for the long game. He created our bodies to act as an outworking of our thoughts, okay? For to change our actions, we have to start with our mind. We have to change our thoughts. See, God is an expert neuroscientist, okay? He is an expert neuroscientist. He understands how this works. There's an entire field of study on something known as neural pathways. Neural pathways, okay? Some of you guys are geeking out when I'm talking about this. We could talk about this all day, but, but neural pathways, right? It's, it's, it's the movement of information from our brain through our body into action, right? The research shows that information from our brain literally works itself out into action through our bodies. And what we do with our bodies also kind of works itself back into our brains. There are pathways that are connected. In 1949, psychologist Donald Hebb developed what is known as the Hebbian theory, which, which laid the groundwork for the study of something called neuroplasticity. Got all the big words today, right? Neuroplasticity. So, so this is the idea that our brain can change and grow over time. Neuroplasticity shows that our brains are able to literally be rewired in new and different ways than how it previously functioned. The mind and body are amazingly integrated and connected. It is incredible stuff, right? One, one psychologist says this. He says, in the last few decades, we have learned more about the workings of the human brain than was known throughout all history prior to that time. We now know that by an incredibly complex physiological mechanism, a joint effort of body, brain, and mind, we become the living result of our own thoughts. Dr. Lisa Miller, a psychologist and researcher and a professor at Columbia University, performed an extensive brain study through many different MRI scans, brain scans, and she found this. She said, the subjects for whom spirituality and religion were highly important had a healthier neural structure than did those for whom spirituality and religion held medium, low, or no importance. For spiritually aware people, the brain appeared able to protect itself from the long-standing neurological structures of depression. Scientific evidence supports that spiritual renewal of the mind actually transforms us. It transforms who we are, literally changes the makeup and structure of our brains, as Dr. Miller discovered, and changes our experience of life. Incredible stuff. See, science is finally catching up to the Bible on this, right? It's only been a couple thousand years, but, but they're finally kind of getting there to realize that this stuff is true, right? It's incredible. In Matthew 5, in Jesus' famous uh, Sermon on the Mount, he says this, he said, you have heard that it was said 
to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Even if a man thinks an angry thought, even if someone thinks an angry thought, they have committed the same as murder. This seems like kind of a big jump, right? Like, hold on, hold on. Like, think, do, there's gotta be some difference. But, but if you understand how God has uniquely created our minds and bodies to work together, it may not be that big of a jump. See, enough thoughts and it will inevitably work its way out into action in one way or another. See, this is why we need a renewed mind to bring about transformation. So we understand the purpose of a renewed mind is transformation, right? But, but how do we practically renew our minds? Remember, I'm the kid with, with the Optimus Prime toy pulling on the wheel and breaking open and trying to figure out how it goes from truck to robot. I wanna know, like, practically, how does this become that? What does that look like? Talk to me about the practicality of this. What do I do? So let's dive into that next. We'll talk about the practice of renewing your mind. In, uh, in 1 Timothy 4.7, Paul says this. He says, Train yourself to be godly. Paul says that godliness comes through training or through practice. Christian writer Jerry Bridges said this. He said, we Christians may be very disciplined and industrious in our business, our studies, our home, or even our ministry, but we tend to be lazy when it comes to exercise in our own spiritual lives. We would much rather pray, Lord, make me godly and expect him to pour some godliness into our souls in some mysterious way. God does, in fact, work in a mysterious way to make us godly, but he does not do this apart from the fulfillment of our own personal responsibility. We are to train ourselves to be godly. See, training and practice are critical to the life with Jesus. It's no different when it comes to the renewal of our minds. It takes practice. So, so what types of practices should we engage in to experience this type of transformation Paul talks about? How, how do we practice on renewing our mind? Let's look at that. I wanna offer four practical ways to practice renewing your mind, okay? First, replace. Pastor and author Craig Grishel, he advocates for something that he calls the replacement principle. It's a very simple two-step process. It says, remove the lie and replace with truth. Okay, remove the lie, replace with truth. He says this, he says, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Some of you are here in this room and 
you're believing lies, right? It's controlling your entire existence of your life. Maybe, maybe lies about who you are, lies about who God is, lies about who other people are. It's controlling how you interact with other people, how you think about yourself. Removing the lie and replacing with truth, it's one of the simplest but most effective ways to renew your mind. But don't take it from a a pastor, take it from a a psychologist, okay? So a leading psychologist and, and former president of the American Psychological Association, Dr. Martin Seligman agrees with this, actually. He says, the most convincing way of disputing a negative belief is to show that it is factually incorrect. Remove the lie, replace with truth, right? Any uh, fans of the Enneagram in here? Enneagram, anybody? Yes, a few? So uh, this is basically like, uh, essentially it's like a personality test. Okay, Um, you know, there's nothing like holy or baptized about this thing. It's just a personality test. But I found it to be incredibly interesting and and, and valuable to learn more about who I am and and who other people are. So uh, Enneagram has different numbers associated with different personalities, and uh, it goes one through nine, right? Uh, So I'm a one, and and a one is the the perfectionist, right? The perfectionistic type. So... um, the thing about being one is, is t- typically we're prone to being critical, oftentimes overcritical. And, and oftentimes this, this critical nature can, can be turned inward on ourselves. Ones often struggle, as I do, with, with depression. This is something I struggle with big time. Believing lies and at times feel, feeling overwhelmed and severely depressed. I remember a couple weeks ago, I, I, could, I could hardly get out of bed physically. I, I, I was overcome with a sense of depression. But removing the lie, replacing with truth, helps me renew my mind, renewing my thoughts, helps pull me out of this state of depression. For me, it's been helpful. So that, that's replace, that is one practical way. And another thing, reading. Seems pretty simple, but, but reading is one of the quickest ways to get out of your head and to change your thoughts. When you read, when you read an actual book, I advocate for actual paper books, they exist, and uh, you, you feel it So you're engaging your tactile senses. You hear it when you turn a page. So you're engaging your auditory senses. You're you're challenging your cognitive abilities by inputting information, thinking about it, and having to learn something. Reading gets you out of your head, and it starts renewing your mind. See, my wife and I, were huge nerds. I'll just say that. We love to read. Okay, we love to read. Friday night... At the Wilkerson household, you can find us reading a book, right? <laughs> Nothing crazy, but we love to read. And, and I found that reading is so important in our journey for transformation. See, God gave us his words in the form of a book, right? I don't think that was a mistake. He knows how our brains receive and process information. 
So a practical tip on reading, I, I would say, remember, it's the Spirit that does the transformation. In, in Galatians 5, we learned that the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. So I have something called the fruit filter. The fruit filter, right? If you're thinking, what should I read? How is this impacting my life? Think about the fruit of the Spirit. Does what I'm reading promote the fruit of the Spirit? Does it promote love? Does it promote joy? Does it promote faithfulness? It's real simple, kind of practical, you know, run it through that filter. Is what I'm doing, what I'm putting into my brain, promoting these things? Key question, does it promote the fruit of the Spirit? See, see if, we want, if we want to replace the lie with truth, remember, we should probably be reading truth. Pretty simple, right? So as a church, we participate regularly in a practice called bread. This is daily scripture reading where we get God's word into our brain and we see how it transforms our body. So I wanna encourage you guys towards bread. Hear this, as a church, we firmly believe that reading the truth of God's word renews our mind and brings about transformation in our life. So reading, extremely, extremely powerful tool. Next, writing. Writing, okay, studies have shown that handwriting with an actual pen and paper, okay, old school, engages your full brain. And it's incredibly effective in changing your thoughts. So question for you, how often do you think about what you think about? How often do you think about what you think about? How often do you think about what you say to yourself on a daily basis, about, about what crosses your mind when you're on your way to work, about what goes through your head? How often do you think about that? I wanna encourage you to do something very practical, very helpful exercise that I've used. Take an account of your thoughts. Write down what you're thinking about. Write down what you're thinking about. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned earlier, it was just having a really difficult week, right? A lot of things going on at work and with family and kids, and it was just, it was hard. We've all been in those seasons, right? And I woke up one morning, thoughts were racing, downward spiral, right? Probably not a good way to start a day. And I said, let me just write, right? So I grab, I keep a journal next to my bed and I grab it, grab a pen. I start writing what's going through my head, taking account of my thoughts. I was looking at it and then I start thinking, okay, what do I want to be thinking about, right? And so I started to write down affirmations about who God is. It's like, God is good. God cares for me. God loves me. I fill an entire page with who God is. Took a couple minutes. My thoughts completely changed. Very, very simple, practical. It had a significant effect on renewing my mind. 
in that moment. Try it, I encourage you to try that. So we talked about replace, we talked about read, we talked about writing. Now uh, a fourth one, memorize. Memorization is perhaps the most powerful way to renew your mind. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we have something memorized, it works its way into our brain in such a way that it can affect how we act, right? I have hidden your word in my heart, memorization, that I might not sin against you, action. There's that link again. What is happening in our mind, working its way out through action in our bodies. Christian theologian Don Whitney, in his his excellent book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, he says this. He says, when scripture is stored in the mind, it is available for the Holy Spirit to take and bring to your attention when you need it most. A pertinent scriptural truth brought to your awareness by the Holy Spirit at just the right moment can be the weapon that makes the difference in a spiritual battle. Memorize, memorize scripture. Memorize the words of God. Also, you can, you can get creative with how you do this. We have, uh, Heather and I have a very good friend. She has, uh, she has this practice that she's done she has made a list, A to Z, the entire alphabet, and she's associated each letter with a different attribute of who God is. A, B, C, D, goes down the list. She has all of that, and she's memorized it. She tells stories of times in her life when she's been faced with a trial or struggling through something, and she recalled that list to memory, and it was so incredibly powerful and helpful for her in that moment. Memorize. So it's four practical ways, replace, read, write, memorize, practical ways to start thinking about how to renew your mind and experience this transformation that Paul is talking about. A few weeks ago, uh, Dave uh, Lomas, Pastor Dave, got up here and, and had story time with us, if you remember that. Uh, had his little coffee shop stool, got his kid's book out, and he read uh, classic the very hungry caterpillar. Anybody remember this? Right, the story of a caterpillar. This is one of my daughter's favorite books. And, uh, and she, uh, the caterpillar, you follow this caterpillar through a journey, right? The caterpillar is very hungry and it eats lots and lots and lots of food. And, and, and the caterpillar, right, it's kind of like a symbol for change, a symbol for transformation. So if you, if, you, if you remember the story, the caterpillar starts, it's going through this journey, it's eating, it's eating, and then the caterpillar turns into? No. No, the caterpillar doesn't turn into a butterfly. The caterpillar turns into a chrysalis, a cocoon. And then the cocoon or chrysalis from that comes the butterfly. That's exactly right. Come on, guys. Kindergarten, you learn this stuff. (laughs) See, this is a lot like transformation when we follow Jesus, right? When we seek to have a a renewed mind, change is certain to come, but but sometimes it takes time, right? Sometimes it, it takes this thing that we've been talking about. It takes practice, but that's okay, 
you know, time, practice is okay. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't try, right? If a caterpillar stayed a caterpillar its entire life, it would never know what it feels like to fly. Sometimes it just takes time. It will take diligence. It will take discipline. That's a dirty word. We don't like talking about that. It will take practice, but this is worth it. Paul uses the word renewing. Renewing. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is is meant to be an ongoing, actively happening thing. So we have to put in the work to renew our minds. Take the time, practice, discipline, and transformation will happen. Remember, just like the transfiguration of Jesus, the transformation of Jesus before the disciples, when you do this, people will start looking at you saying, you look different. Something's different about who you are. I I I can't really put my finger on it, but something is different. You've changed. That's the work of the Spirit. So we know a bit about how to practically work on renewing our mind. What comes next, right? What is the outcome of this work? Paul says, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then... Right. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not period, not end of sentence, end of idea, but then there is an outcome of this transforming of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The outcome of a renewed mind is to test and approve God's will, to understand what it is, and to act upon it. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. See, ultimately, a renewed mind is meant to lead to spirit-filled action. It's not meant to transform us into being an all-wise person who can win debates and flex our spiritual knowledge, right? No, it's, it's meant to lead to wise, loving action, as James says, deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. See, we have, uh, as a church, something called uh, a theory of change. We use it, um, uh, an image to represent what we think about this, called the triangle of transformation. I think we have uh, an image here. Here it is. So uh, the triangle of transformation, this is what we believe in image form of how we actually change and transform as people, right? It's the Holy Spirit is the one, remember, who does the transforming, right? At the center, right? We have to have truth, We talked about how important truth is. Remove the lie, replace with truth. And then we have what practices, right? Actual practical steps to do this. And then we do it in the context of community. See, these are essential to experience this transformation. So let me end with with a few practical takeaways and challenges for you all. So number one, we, we talked about reading as, as a practice, right? So I wanna encourage you to read the Bible. 
We're almost halfway through 2022, as incredible as that sounds. And I wanna encourage you to recommit to this practice of bread, right? As a church, we have these, these plans. I'm a huge advocate for this. I do this every morning. And if you have been struggling to keep up with this reading plan, that's okay. Now is an opportunity for you to recommit to reading the scriptures every day. I promise you, this will, this will challenge you, this will stretch you, this will change you. You will be transformed through this. And for some of you, maybe you're doing that. Maybe you have a rhythm of reading God's word and getting this into your brain. That's good. Uh, but some of you, I have a stretch challenge, right? You may be here and maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. Maybe you've, you've, you've claimed to be a follower of Christ for a long time, but maybe you've never read this book in its entirety, right, cover to cover. I wanna challenge you to read this book in its entirety, right? This is powerful stuff that brings transformation and change. I promise you, it will change you. So another thing, take a thought assessment. Remember we talked earlier about how the idea of writing down what you're thinking about. You know, I encourage you to do that. Write down your thoughts, and if those thoughts are not true, replace them with the truth, right? Another one, memorize scripture. So I wanna encourage you guys. Memorization, remember, is possibly the most effective way to renew your mind. If you don't know where to start, maybe, you know, we talked about the fruit filter, fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, that maybe that's a good place to start. I'm a big advocate of something called the, the topical memory system. It's, it's a system put together by uh, the Navigators Ministry many years ago. I think we have a link to it up here. You can go here and, and see their, their system. They have different verses associated with different topics and it kind of helps your brain remember uh, scripture a bit more. I, I encourage you to look into that. Start putting God's word in your brain. Memorize this and see how it changes you. Some of you are here and, um, and, and maybe you're, you're intellectual type, right? You live in your head, right? I start talking about neuroplasticity and you say, yes, I love this stuff. So you're those type of people who just, you know, you live up here. Remember that, that really interesting thing, that, that, that strange mystery is that, is that what happens in our brains somehow is, is incorporated, integrated in our bodies, right? So... I wanna encourage you, if that's you, try something different with your bodies. In Romans 12, one, Paul said, offer your bodies. He, he's, he's saying to give yourselves. You know, we have these carpets down here in front. You know, if you're the type of person that maybe you've never been down here, you're like, get me away, I am not going up there. That is not me, totally not me. I wanna encourage you to challenge yourself, stretch yourself, offer yourself to Jesus, physically give your body to Jesus and see how that works its way into your mind and maybe starts causing some renewal this morning. See, ultimately, I mean, this is hard work that we're talking about. Renewing our mind takes effort, practice, time. But this is such good work for us to do. Let's commit to doing this work together as a community and see how God will work through us and through our church. 
as we grow. Let's play. God, we ask for your help as we step into this work of renewing our mind. Lord, we need your grace. We need your strength of the Spirit, the transformer, the one who brings about change. God, give us strength to continue to let ourselves be transformed by the Spirit. And may we experience the fruit of the Spirit as we pursue the renewing of our minds by your grace. Amen. Amen.